Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Ernest, what's going on? Traditional universities are outdated and don't teach you how to become an entrepreneur. They just teach you how to become an employee. You go to school for four years and you leave with nothing but debt. But here at EYL University, our curriculum is much different. Our university teaches you real world skills that you can use to gain financial freedom right away. In traditional universities, you learn from professors that have never did what they teach, and they teach you how to become an employee. At our university, we use instructors that are currently successful in a specific field that they teach, and they teach you how to become an entrepreneur. For a limited time only, you can join EYL University for 25% off of the annual membership. Learn about stocks, credit, real estate, crypto, and more. Go to EYLUniversity.com right now and sign up to become an earner. Don't wait, don't hesitate, head over there now. My graduates from my school being Forbes, bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop, bag drop. Bag drop. first and foremost thank you guys for coming I, I really appreciate it um if you've watched ryan's leslie's episode on earn your leisure i'm sure you got a ton of game and if you watched hill harper who was on market mondays twice i'm sure you got a ton of game so this is just going to be an extension of that it's titled crypto but we're going to be talking about a lot more than just crypto we're going to be talking about the business world investing uh the musical side of things group economics well, as long as with cryptocurrency as well. So, you know, this is going to be one of these EYL conversations where you get a million 
a million dollars worth of game from people that have done it at a high level, that's doing it at a high level. So I encourage everybody to, to listen. It's very rare that you get an opportunity to hear this kind of information, especially from two gentlemen together at the same time. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right, Ryan, I want to talk with, I wanna t I'm, I'm going to ask you the first question. So um, you had spoke about before as far as mentorship, right, in college, and you had an experience with Sandy Green, PhD, right? So part of, I feel like, the community that we have built is mentorship. It's kind of like an online mentorship, and you never know how somebody can change your life and experiences can change your life. So can you talk about that? For sure. First of all, this echo is crazy. <laughs> what I will say, though, is that mentorship is really like having an extended family member, somebody who's going to make an investment in you when you are already hardworking, when you already know that you have the talent, you have the tenacity, you have the drive, the desire, the discipline, the dedication, and sometimes you just need the direction. And so for me, mentorship really was that moment when, uh, you know, my parents, they're from the Salvation Army. So they have always been storing up treasures in heaven. So what that means is that they sacrifice treasures on earth in the service of others to have treasures in heaven. That doesn't pay for a Harvard education. You know what I'm saying? And so they were able to actually inspire me to uh, apply to Harvard very early. And I was lucky when I was there to actually have a mentor. And I, I truly believe that that made the difference between the trajectory that I already was on and where I've been able to get to now. So I want to ask you the next follow-up question, Ryan, is a um, stock question right in long lines with Market Mondays. Apple. Apple. You invested in Apple in... 2009, and um, I believe you have a 16,000% rate of return on that initial investment. If anybody um, watches the show, we always, Ian always talks about buy and hold. Buy and hold, and a lot of people get caught up in day trading and rotations, and he's, he always says you're going to rotate your, your way into poverty by leaving your positions. So can you talk about that, the, the value, and what made you invest in Apple early, and what made you keep it? Because a lot of times people might have had 100%, 200%, 300% rate of return on their money and they're taking it out. You left it in and now you're up 1,600, 16,000. You're up 16,000% on your initial investment. So talk about that. Yeah, for sure. To be a great long-term investor, it really just comes down to three elements. The first and the second you control. The third is up to the market and the economy. The first is just time. When do you start and how long do you hold? For me, my holding time horizon is always 20 years. And the reason why my time horizon is 20 years is because when you look at the history, anytime you've held, if we talk about the S&P 500 or we talk about the total stock market index, Anytime you've held for 20 years, you've had a 0% chance of loss. A 0% chance of loss. I know a lot of people who are new to investing, I know for sure my parents, they're from the Caribbean. 
They thought being in the stock market is just gambling. They see people actually do exactly what we were just talking about, that rotation where you just leave too much of that money on the table. You see it do one somersault or two somersaults. You've never seen your money dance like that. Then you take it out. But 20 years is the time horizon. Number two is the rate of savings. And number three is the rate of return. When I make an investment, I want to be an owner. And ownership is not about a short-term play. Just think if you actually bought a franchise and you put somebody in that franchise and on day one, they were selling, let's say, 20 hamburgers. Then in two years, they were selling 300 hamburgers. Why would you sell the franchise if it's actually delivering for you? So what I will say is that the reason I held, though, had to do with mentorship. I watched my investment go from 100000 to 350000 And I remember a conversation I had with my mentor. I said, hey, look, man, I took your advice. And, man, 100000 to three fifty. I'm going to cash out, get something nice for my mom. And he gave me an ultimatum at that time. He said, Ryan, listen, you can go ahead and cash out, give something nice to your mom, but we'll shake hands and I'll never teach you anything again. Or you figure out a different way to give something nice to your mom and hold on to that investment. And we'll check in every single year around tax time and we'll see what it grows to. And when we checked in this year, that 100000 I got it on my birthday, September 25th, 2009. That 100,000 was just under 16 million. And if I hadn't- if Don't, I, don't wait, let that, don't let that go over your head. Clap it up for that, ladies and gentlemen. But that's the difference that mentorship makes. Because for me, if it was up to me, I look in the mirror, I'm thinking, man, I'm smart. I, I made a great investment. It's giving me a great return. And sometimes the lens of expertise and the lens of experience can actually provide you wings that allow you to fly further than you can fly on your own. And so that's why I think, first and foremost, when I look at a company, I want to be in a company that when I look around, I use it every day and the people I love, they can't live without it. So when I'm looking at Instagram, I want to be an owner in Facebook. When I'm looking at devices that I'm seeing all around, I want to be an owner in that company. When I'm seeing the, the, the platform that I'm able to even listen to podcasts on, I want to be an owner. And you got to give the business time to materialize into the growth that you're looking for because you want your money to work for you. So give... Give the business the time to grow. Does, does that sound familiar? If anybody watches Market Mondays, this is the same thing that we've been saying for a very long time. You got to buy good companies, hold them for 20 years, tech companies. So these things that you keep hearing, as he said, it was mentorship. So you can get mentorship in a variety of different ways. So when you receive the information online, it's important to take heed to that because that 100000 to three fifty. It's a great flip, but 100,000 to 16 million is an out-of-this-world flip. It's different. <laughs> it's a little different. And I say this, like, honestly, 
when, when you think about it, man, think about the, the companies that have done extremely well. They've always done well over a 20 to 30 year time horizon. And I want you to think, if you got into Amazon when it first IPO'd, when you got into Monster Energy when it first IPO'd, if you would have sold at 1,000%, I'm talking about 10x your money, you would have left tens of thousands of percent on the table. And the beautiful piece about money is when you put it to work for you, it's one of the greatest employees because it never has a sick day. It never goes on vacation. It never asks for time off. It never gets old. It never gets weak. It's always there to keep working for you unless you actually go ahead and cash out. So when you actually earn the money and you put it to work, let it be your greatest employee. And don't let it just be one. If I told you right now that the way that the stock market works is non-discriminatory, the 20% that you'll make in a year is the same 20% that's afforded to Warren Buffett or any other hedge fund. The difference is how many dollars do you have growing by 20%? If you got $100, well then that's $20. If you got 100,000, well that's 20,000. If you got a million, well that's 200,000. If you got 10 million, well y'all can continue to do the math. So when you actually earn the money, Understand it's like a, a lifetime robot level employee that will always, always, always work for you. So give it the time to manifest into the wealth that you wanted to create. There you have it. Yes, clap it up for that. Hill Harper, let me ask you this question. Um, the first question is gonna be very simple. Why Bitcoin? Why Bitcoin? I know you're, you're a Bitcoin bull. You're extremely bullish on Bitcoin. You built a platform. We're going to talk about the Black Wall Street, but why Bitcoin? You know, Bitcoin is ostensibly a store of value and uh, a, a perfect form of, of money. And money is changing. It's changing very rapidly. We're moving very quickly out of fiat and hard money currency into digital currency and cryptocurrency. The question is, where is it headed and how can we be early adopters and get into the, to the space? Ryan is just talking about ownership. The beautiful thing about Bitcoin is that, as Ryan just described, it is agnostic to race. It's agnostic to barriers of entry. It's literally just real estate on a blockchain real estate on a ledger. And if you purchase a set number of Satoshis, you own a little bit of that real estate. And it's a finite amount. What creates value is scarcity. That's why waterfront real estate is extremely valuable. It's more valuable than the real estate that's inland because there's more inland property than waterfront property. Scarcity drives value and Bitcoin is the most scarce crypto asset out there. 21 million be minted. There'll be at least three to five million lost or disappear. So you're really talking about in, in real ways, somewhere around 18 million Bitcoin um, um, in, 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 in any type of circulated supply. There are 48 million millionaires in the world. There's not enough Bitcoin to go for each millionaire to even hold one. 
you know, we will be talking about Satoshis in the future, not even talking about Bitcoin. But Bitcoin isn't the only asset class in this space, but it is the one to enter into now. That's why my goal is to have each black person in America hold at least a million Satoshis. Quick show of hands. Who has at least a million Satoshis in their wallet right now? At least a million Satoshis. Ryan, you raise got a million Satoshis? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you've got a million Satoshis in your wallet. Raise your hand if you, if you don't know what a Satoshi is. Okay. Y'all don't watch Market Mondays. Shame on you. So let's... let's, let's so you don't watch Market Mondays. I see. I see. Let, shame on you. You should be ashamed of yourself. All right. Let's have this conversation then. What is, what is it? Can you explain to them what Satoshi is? Sure. So, so, so check this out, y'all. Back in the day, gold was valued in terms of bricks, like how many bricks you got or in terms of weight, right? And then as bricks got so expensive, they had to have a smaller fractal value of the gold. So they broke it down into pricing gold into ounces. The same thing is true for a Satoshi. There are 100 million Satoshis in every one Bitcoin. Just like there are 100 pennies in a dollar, there are 100 million Satoshis that make up one Bitcoin. So what does that mean? What it means is a Satoshi is a 100 millionth fractal share of one Bitcoin. So as you build your Satoshis, you don't need to just go out and buy a Bitcoin. I can go into the Black Wall Street wallet right now, check the current price, of Bitcoin, it is right now real time uh, 48730 and 75 cents, right? And, 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 and so if I want to buy right now live, I'm going to buy $10. I'm going to preview my buy. I go in, I confirm, and then now I just bought 0.00020082 Bitcoin. Right, I just did that, right? And so a Satoshi is a fractal share of a Bitcoin. So I just bought Satoshis. I bought a fractal share of a Bitcoin right here on stage. And so I, my goal is to have every black person in America hold at least one million Satoshis. With, four, with, with basically 40 million of us in this country, if we held a million Satoshis each, we would literally control the Bitcoin market worldwide people would have to come through us. And it'd be the first time in history that black Americans have controlled an asset class. And when you start controlling asset classes, you're able to do what? Set price. And if we're able to set price of a valuable ascending value asset class, we have the other thing that's very important, leverage. Leverage is the critical piece. And so what I love what Ryan's talking about, he's talking about ownership. I'm talking about ownership. And, and, and if you think about ownership, we need to strategically own ascending value asset classes like high value blue chip stocks and hold them for long term. Like ascending value asset class, like Bitcoin, hold it long term. This is not a trading mentality. This is not Robin Hood. Robin Hood is Robin the Hood, y'all. It's trying to get people to trade because what do they, how do they make their money? They make their money off exchange. The more you trade, the more money they make. They want you jumping in and out of positions. That is not the way to build wealth. I never want you to sell the Bitcoin you buy. 
What, what are you going to do with it? You say, here, well, I still need liquidity. Sure, you still need liquidity. What are you going to do? You're going to buy it. You're going to hold it. And then on the platform, you're going to take out a loan against the equity or the upside of that asset. You're never going to sell it. And then you're going to pass that Bitcoin on to your children. And they'll pass it on to their children's children. You can just think of Bitcoin like wealthy people used to think of houses, right? You get these real high-value mansions. They're not flipping in and out of the house to extract the liquidity. They're holding the house and then just taking the equity out and reinvesting that equity into other assets and or liquidity challenges that they may have. Think about the same way you're going to be able to do that with Bitcoin on the Black Wall Street platform. Um, speaking of that, yes, clap it up for that, ladies and gentlemen. S speaking of that, s speaking of Bitcoin, so Ryan, going back to you, you had 16,000% rate of return on Apple, but I believe you have a 32,000% rate of return on Bitcoin, right? Is that correct? That's right. All right. So uh, you was obviously an earlier investor in Bitcoin as well. So when did you, when did you first invest in Bitcoin? Yeah. Any, anytime I have an interview or anytime I actually run into anyone, they always say, hey, Ryan, man, I heard about your laptop. Well, that laptop was a whole story in and of itself. And um, I was working on some music and I lost the files. So when you work on music, it's not enough to just have the finished record, you need the files. So my laptop went missing. I put up a million dollars as a reward for the return of the intellectual property. Because who wants to pay a million dollars for a laptop? You could just go to Apple, get one for $2,000. Well, the laptop turned up, long story short. And uh, the gentleman who found the laptop actually sued me to actually retrieve that reward, $1 million. And he actually won in, in New York court. And the next day, I was on the cover of the New York Post. I sent it to my mom. She said, at least you look nice. I, re I remember that. Yeah. I had a nice suit on, right? But the headline was, Rap Weasel. First of all, Rap Weasel. Does that look like me? <laughs> Rap Weasel must pay one million. And then the next day, I went to just go ahead and get a breakfast sandwich. And uh, it's the same place I go every day. And today, this guy who was behind the counter, he wanted to take a picture with me. I said, well, I come here every day. Why do you want to take a picture with me? He said, well, because you're on the cover of the New York Post. You're the rap weasel. Okay, all right. You want to take a picture? Okay. But the reason why that story is so important is because when you lose a judgment, well, then the federal government or the state government can just come in and freeze your assets. And so upon losing that $1 million lawsuit, they froze $2.3 million in my account. And that was in November of 2012. And that was the moment at which I started to think, man, you know, do I really want a centralized currency to actually be controlled? And I'm talking about they just took double, I only lost a million, why you take 2.3, right? So I said, look, we got to find a different way. And luckily at that time, you know, I'm an astute student of the game. And uh, if, you, if you look back, all of this is verified. Look back in June 2013, I put out a tweet. I said, 
from now on, pay me in Bitcoin, 2013. And what happened was I had a Shopify store, 2013, so I'm early in Shopify. And Bitcoin became the means by which I wanted to be paid, and I still do that to this day. But to give you a case in point, I sold an album, $5. Today it's worth like 700. I sold a hoodie, $47. Today it's worth like 6,000. I sold a couple of meet and greets, total price, 2,000. Today it's worth like 122,000. And that's just the differentiation of being able to get in early. And I know some of y'all might be thinking like, man, I can't turn the time back to 2013, but I'll tell you right now, even if you buy some Satoshis today, you're still early. But you don't want to be amongst the folks that say, you know what? Today was either just a footnote in the history of my life, or it was a game changer, a life changer. And when we talk about assets, and when we talk about ownership, and we talk about being able to buy fractionally, and be in an asset class where there is scarcity. That's what that opportunity in cryptocurrency provides. And so, yeah, 32,000% return, yeah. When I got into Bitcoin, it was trading at about $122 per coin. We just looked at the price, it's 48,000. Y'all can do the math. How much, how much money did you put in there? What's your... We ain't got to talk about it. <laughs> hey. You really... And let me say something. This is so, this is so important what he's saying. And I, and I got I to gotta reinforce this, y'all. This isn't just about individuals making money. Okay. This is, this is about life or death. And, and this is real talk. In 1863, when the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, black people in America held a little less than 1% of American wealth. That's after 400 years of free chattel slavery. And the greatest wealth transfer in the history of this world happened if you were despicable enough to want to hold property to literally extract value from people who had melanated skin. They killed us. They murdered us. They raped us. They separated families to build wealth. Now, fast forward 158 years later to right now, August 2021. People say, oh, hell, man, let's just talk about making money. Don't get too heavy. No, 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 no. You, you, we, we have to speak truth to this. This country is built off the back of our labor, and it's built off of building wealth off of us. And we right now still hold only 1% of American wealth. We have to collectively work together, jump into asset classes, and start building leverage that is decentralized, exactly what he was talking about. The idea of operating our own microeconomies outside of centralized institutions and the, and the banking system, which has literally stolen trillions of dollars out of the black community through un, all sorts of onerous, racist, and institutionally systemic and racist policies, procedures, redlining. We can go through all that history. We don't need to. But we know where we're at now. What he's talking about, what we're talking about right now, is literally about life or death. It's not just about, hey, man, can I come up 16,000%? Can I come up 32,000%? No, no, no. How can we work together to actually 
start to control real wealth, because why is real wealth important? I believe you cannot have social justice without economic justice. So all the stuff we've been talking about, we talk about mass incarceration, police brutality, healthcare disparities, education gaps. If you trace it back to the money, what are the communities that are hit the hardest? Economically fragile and poor communities. We change the wealth factor in our community, we change all that other stuff. We get, we get it wrong. We start trying to work on all these things from the top. We got to start at the root, which is the money and the economics. Let's go, y'all. Let's go. Yes, yes. Hill, let me, let me ask you a question uh, because I want to kind of give people a framework. A lot of times they look at investing and they're like, okay, I'm investing in something and I can't take it out. Cryptocurrency. The word currency is a little misleading because it's like, who's going to want to pay for pizza with Bitcoin when it's going to go up in value, right? So it's like, I, I'm invested in cryptocurrency, but I can't spend it. It's like, but you bring up a good point about lending, right? Lending against your Bitcoin, something that I learned about in 2017 when I first got in this space. And a friend of mine that was educating me on it, he was like, you know, the whole point is not to really liquidate your Bitcoin, but in... You might need sometimes where you need capital and you can actually lend your Bitcoin out and you get an interest rate on that, but you still keep ownership of it. That's something that is very interesting to me. And I think that that's going to be even more prevalent um, as time goes on. So I think it's important for people to have at least the baseline education on that. Can you talk about that as far as lending Bitcoin? Sure. So, so when we talk about holding an asset, Hopefully you're using money that you don't need right away, right? And, 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 and when we talk about crypto specifically, remember, I'm not saying get out of Apple to put all your money into Bitcoin. This is about having an overall strategic approach. All the things you're already doing, you should continue to do. But then figure out how do I actually start to build a position in a, in a different asset class in this crypto space. Now, watch this. There are 9,200 different cryptos and new ones are coming along every day. 99% of them are like penny stocks or pink sheet stocks. They're, 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 they're scams, right? The vast majority are scams, and that's why you have to be very careful when you're talking about a lot of these meme coins and pump and dump coins and things like that, because there's really no downside protection, because part of your investment strategy has to be risk management, meaning you have to look at what's protecting your downside. Is there a liquidity pool to buy the asset as it goes down? And so the beautiful thing about Bitcoin is that it provides you the opportunity. There's enough holders. So there's about $2 trillion in crypto. One trillion of that, or half of it, is in Bitcoin. So there's a lot more liquidity in that space. And it's also an opportunity to lend it out. So on our platform, the Black Wall Street, we have not allowed this feature yet because it's part of a timeline. You know, we, you know when, you, when you actually, and Ryan can talk about this, when you actually develop a tech company, you don't release everything at once. If you look at Coinbase, when it first launched, you look at Coinbase now, it looks completely different. And so we're going to be releasing features as we go and make it better and better and better. But you can go to you know, BlockFi, there's a number of others, you can do your research and, 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 and loan out your Bitcoin or your holding if you're in a situation where you need liquidity. You don't need to sell it to get that liquidity. The other piece that I think is 
a very critical piece that we want to add on our platform is the peer-to-peer piece. Because if we can start recirculating the black digital dollar peer-to-peer, we don't have to be writing interest minimums to check cashing spots, payday lenders. The payday lending industry is a $300 billion industry that's extracting that money out of our community specifically. We actually can change that on a digital platform where we create the liquidity that's needed within our own ecosystem. So Vanessa gets that 10 or 15% return, not, you know, Steve. Uh, I'll just say Steve. You understand? So the money stays in the community. Why is this important? It's important because a dollar leaves the black community within six to seven hours where a dollar stays in the Asian community 18 to 20 days, in the white community in America 20 to 30 days. You hear what I'm saying? Six to seven hours it leaves our community, multiple days with other communities. The way we build wealth is the recirculation of our dollar. We, you know, these brothers, look at the AV team. Putting on this event, you hire a black AV team, what does that create? All those brothers and sisters right there have jobs. Right here, my man right here, right? We recirculate the dollars, we create jobs and opportunity, and that's why holding an asset, taking the liquidity out, using that to either reinvest in your own business or to hire folks to actually put, do things in commerce is critical, and you can do that with Bitcoin. Very important, I'm glad you said that. Shout out to the whole production team. This is a high-level production, and uh, we're in Atlanta, we're in Atlanta, Georgia, so it's no surprise that everybody you see in the production team is black. It's a black-owned production, ATV, and this is a high level. And uh, we only use the best people, uh, and these are the best people. So a lot of times we think we have to compromise if, if we go black, but we don't have to compromise. Um, we can still get the best service by supporting ourselves as well. Ryan, I want to talk about technology. I want to talk about technology. Uh, we spoke about that when you was on the podcast. And I know you're an early seed investor in a lot of different fintech companies, one um, being Titan. So I'm actually a more broad range question because there might be some artists in here. So you start off as a musician, songwriter, extremely talented. Um, but like you said, I mean, you made $16 million just off of Apple stock, right? Off of 100,000, if you really think about it, like even a, they might say, I don't have 100, but you might have 10,000, you might have 5,000. But then you do the Bitcoin, then you do your phone, then you're always doing something else, right? So what got you in the mindset of developing, okay, I need multiple streams of income, I need, multi, I need to diversify my portfolio, and how did you get into investing in tech company? How did you get into tech, period? Man. I would say any success that I've ever been able to realize in my life can be directly correlated to just having the right conversation. Conversation is a currency in and of itself. And success happens at the speed of communication. So we want to be successful in whatever we set our minds to it's a matter of conveying the right message to the right person with the right resources at the right time. 
That's a, that's a, that's a very important. <laughs> that's, that's my crew over there, okay. Thank y'all, appreciate it, all right. So when I decided I wanted to start a tech company, it wasn't really a decision. It was more of just following the curiosity because out of necessity is born innovation. Why did I invest in Bitcoin? Well, it was a necessity. My account was frozen 2.3 million. So I had to innovate, figure out a different way that I could have a, a currency and have a store of value that was decentralized. When I decided I want to give my phone number out to 550,000 Twitter followers, I needed to actually use technology to scale my ability to respond to everyone. Now, I'm going to be real about this, and he'll, and I see what y'all are doing as well in terms of keeping the ownership and equity and the dollar within our community. We saw this with rock and roll. A lot more people in America know Elvis Presley than Chuck Berry. And when we look at our ability to innovate in this space, I know a lot of artists that look like me that I actually picked up the phone and told them, hey, I got a technology company, it's called Superphone, and you can have a text relationship with all your community. And when I first started, they said, oh man, that's crazy, man, bro. Like, you're not a star if you can text everybody. I started Superphone in 2013. Five years later, I'm looking around, I'm seeing all those same people with phone numbers, but they're using a white company called Community. I'm saying, well, why is that? Well, it's because the investors in Community, they look like the founders in Community. So community took a concept that I started and they built an alternative competitor and went to our people and said, you know what, we, we just raised 100 million from Salesforce, so we'll give y'all a platform for free. And that's, that's, that's a favorite word in our community, free. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, when you look at the contribution that you make, whether it's through my technology or whether it's through another technology, the conversation really is about ownership. And so whether you use my Superphone platform or you use Black Wall Street or you use Coinbase or you use any competitor, we're not here to tell you only invest in or use our platform. We're just telling you that the future is now. And if you want to be able to predict the future, you just write the history yourself. And the ability that we have now in technology allows us to actually have information and access that previously, previously was limited to those who had much higher thresholds in terms of investment minimums. So if you wanted a hedge fund strategy, you had to have a quarter million, or two million, or 2.5 million. And the reason why I invested in Titan is because they took that concentrated hedge fund strategy and you could start with $500. And what's the difference between a concentrated hedge fund strategy 
and a long-term diversified index fund strategy? Well, it's pretty simple. The concentration is what provides the outsized returns. The concentration is what provides the alpha. The wealthiest people in the world, if you look at the headlines most recently, there's been much that's been written about the Jeff Bezos, the Elon Musk, the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world. And what you'll realize when you look at their stories, their wealth is really tied up in a concentrated vehicle because the stock of their own company is what drives the growth of their wealth year over year. So I would say two takeaways from that. Number one, if you have the tolerance, it's okay to be concentrated in your investments. Diversify across many different asset classes, real estate, cryptocurrency, stocks. If you wanna get a little bit of uh, acceleration, yeah, maybe you do some derivatives, some longer term options or shorter term options. Look at alternative investing. Get into companies early, before they're public. Invest in the companies that you see your friends and family building. People be so quick to go spend their dollars at Louis Vuitton and won't spend their dollars with the new makeup or hair care or beauty business that their brothers or sisters or aunts or uncles are creating. We have that opportunity to be early shareholders, early investors, and yet when we look at the number of black-owned or black-founded companies in the stock market, we don't really have a lot of options. And so that means we got to invest before we're public. But that early equity, that early ownership is going to be how we actually change the narrative and change the, traje the trajectory of the wealth that we want to build. So for me, following technology is really because, as Hill said, we built the railroads, but we didn't own them. We built the hospitality business and worked in it, but we didn't own it. And now it's the only time in history where without brick, mortar, lumber, or steel, we can build value through technology and it can be scalable and we can serve and deliver value to hundreds of thousands, millions and maybe even billions of people but we got to actually invest in one another, use the products that we create for us, by us and embrace technology as a pathway and a means so that when the next transfer of wealth is being written about in history, we're not on the sidelines just watching. We're participants and owners. He, every, everything he's saying just sounds so familiar because we talk about when you said the concentration, two tech, two index, anybody that sound familiar, two tech, two index, and um, when we interviewed Mark Cuban, I asked him what his portfolio was, and he said it was, I know Netflix for sure, Russell 2000, 
and I believe it was Microsoft. He had another technology company. That's it. He just had three positions in his portfolio. And like you said, that's something that's a major key. A lot of times we get distracted. We're trying to have 37 stocks in our portfolio. A, it dilutes your holdings, and you're not really going to be able to, you know, figure out what's going on. You're going to be doing research on all of these different areas. And it's like you think that by having that many, you're actually helping it, but you're actually hurting your portfolio most of the time. And like you said, the hedge funds, most hedge funds, it's more of a concentrated thing. So that's why when we suggest two tech, it's, it's not to just, you know, keep it basic, but it's actually a, a more sophisticated way of investing than having 37 companies that you just know nothing about. For sure. Warren Buffett said diversification is actually insurance against ignorance. So listen, I'm not saying that just because you were at InvestFest, now you are an expert investor. If you don't know what to buy, you're still all right. Just go ahead and buy the whole stock market. You could buy the whole stock market for $225 a share. The history shows that if you do, even if you don't know what you're doing at all, and you buy the whole stock market and you hold for 20 years, your money's going to double every seven years anyway. But you got to be able to hold. You got to have the patience to allow those companies to do what they're supposed to do for you. So I, I totally agree with you on that, that concentration is really for those who actually know what's, what, what they're doing. And the reason why I think concentration actually is a byproduct of founders is because Founders know their business better than anybody else. So if I believe in Superphone, or I believe if I'm Mark Zuckerberg, I believe in Facebook, well, I don't want to be distracted by any other companies. I want to be able to build the value within the equity and the shares of my own company. And if I see something I like, I'm going to just go out and buy it. Right? No, I bring up, that's, like I said, man, it's, it's just reassurance that, um, you know, we, everything that we talk about, you're just saying it. So... We definitely got to get you on Market Mondays, by the way. Let's go. We'll talk about that. Um, so, Hill, let me ask you this. People might not be familiar that crypto, a lot of cryptos, they have different utilities and different usages. A lot of times they just think like all cryptos are the same. You just use it. So can you just talk about that? Like there's some crypto, like I was an early investor in Tron, which I'm still not really 100% confident in. But the thing that really um, drove me to Tron was when I heard that they were the crypto that was designed for video games. And um, my son is a gamer. Shout out to Nas. He's in the building. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when, um, when I, I understood the culture of video games, like it's a, whole, it's a whole subculture of video games. So I'm like, all right, if there's a cryptocurrency for that, then that's brilliant. And then there's a bunch of cryptocurrencies for different things. So can you yep. talk about that? Sure, 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 sure. So, so, so just like you need, you know, Ryan was just talking about you got to do research and understand the company, understand what you're investing in. The same thing holds true for different crypto assets, right? There are different use cases and different value propositions that each one has. For instance, if you believe in the NFT space, then you may be attracted to Ethereum and you want to sort of go that way. You may do some research and find that Cardano and ADA is something that you're interested in. And so you literally have to pull back the onion, do your own research. There's so much free, free, free information out there on the Black Wall Street app and, and just in general across the ecosystem that allows you to understand the different use cases for different crypto assets. The thing to be careful of is when you see people 
trying to pump one. And that's why I believe Elon Musk and Mark Cuban have been so irresponsible around Dogecoin. And we, could, we can get into deeper of, of, of what that's about and, 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 and wh why that is. But if, if people don't understand, if someone comes up to me and says, Hill, crypto is a crypto, Dogecoin is the same thing as Bitcoin, then you know that they actually haven't done their homework and done their research to understand there's a different, there's a, there's a fundamental difference in the use case. And so, so rather than, there, there's so many of them. And there's so many that are actually providing real use and value. And if you believe in the value or the use that they're providing and you think that there's a longevity to that, then lean into that space and lean in. I don't mind, for, I'll just give you an example personally. I do not mind Bitcoin, but I mine Ethereum. Okay? Now, see, so I have, I have a mining setup, a mining, you know, a situation, right? And I could choose to mine any of the cryptos out there, but I do not mind Bitcoin. And people always talk about Bitcoin mining, Bitcoin mining. I think that there's better value for me using my mining rigs to mine Ethereum. Now that may change, right? Why, why is that? Well, it, it may change because Ethereum's changing. No, why, why, why do you prefer to mine Ethereum as opposed to Bitcoin? Okay, so, so you have to look at basically what you're receiving for that time and energy spent. It's, it, it's very energy intensive to mine. And what happens is you end up spending a lot of money in energy fees and costs. It also depends where you do it. If you live in a certain place, I do not recommend mining, okay? Because certain, in certain places, energy fees are very high. My whole mining setup is not where I live because it would be too expensive to mine where I live. So I have my whole mine set up somewhere else where the energy cost is significantly lower. And so I'm able to mine a great deal for a much, much, much lower cost. And so you have to actually look at that and then you look at what you're getting for mining. Right now, the way Ethereum is set up and the level of fees that are associated with Ethereum, there's a, group, there's a, there's a healthy return for mining Ethereum, where this, the same level of return, I believe, does not exist given the energy required for Bitcoin. And, 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 and watch this. I can mine some other cryptos where the return today is even much more than Ethereum. But the problem with that is, I still go back to my original thesis, I see the value proposition in Ethereum right now over a longer period of time. And therefore, me mining, you know, Shibu Inu, you know, whatever. I mean, come on, don't get me started. Point is, you know what I'm saying? You, 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 got, you got to actually do your own homework and understand that. But, but I want to pivot real quick, go back to something that, that, that Ryan said that I thought, I don't want folks to miss this. When he was just talking about ownership, and he mentioned Zuckerberg, he mentioned Elon Musk, he mentioned Bezos, and their wealth was built off of these tech platforms and tech companies. And we, for far too long, and he mentioned this talking about music, for far too long, our culture has been monetized by tech and tech platforms to build wealth for people other than us, because we don't own the platforms. That's why it's so critical for us to begin to own our own IP, own our own platforms. When I, when I went to launch the Black Wall Street, 
People were like, Hill, you're going to launch with a wallet. You should white label a wallet. Just do that, man. You know, it'll be much cheaper and much better. It'll be much more functional. But then all of a sudden, I'm like the rush card, which is a big lie, right? I can go out into the black community and market something and says, hey, you know, bank black, use the rush card. But if my charter company is a white bank, and you actually peel back the onion, you realize it's Green Dot Bank. And if you would have gone straight to Green Dot, you'd be paying less fees. And so all you're paying are marketing fees layered on top of someone else's technology. That is not black ownership. That's black marketing. It's fundamentally different. That's why we have to own our own IP, our own charters. We have to do this. And then we have to support each other in doing it. And so... One way to think about it, and this is a mindset shift in terms of purchasing, and you can talk about Louis Vuitton or whatever, the way I try to think about that piece is, for instance, these you know, Nike shoes or whatever, I never buy a luxury item. I make the company buy it for me. What do I mean? I'll never buy Nikes unless I've made enough dividend off of Nike stock to buy the shoe. So you can think about the same way Use that rule for Louis Vuitton. Ain't nothing wrong with having a Louis Vuitton purse if you own LVMH stock and you allow the stock to buy the purse. Right? So you can always think about everything you do and being, and, and all this goes back to this one simple idea. Let's be intentional with how we use every hard money dollar, fiat dollar, and digital dollar, and crypto dollar. If we actually import intentionality and strategy around our usage, whether it's a spend or an investment or who we support and how we support platforms, then all of a sudden it supercharges that wealth creation for you as well as, as the founders and the tech platforms and folks all around. And that recirculation starts to work. Make sense? Yes, yes. Ryan, um, Women in Wealth Initiative. Uh, what's, what's that about? Why, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to see a lot of the ladies here, um, but I still, yes. I'm still not all the way um, happy with the percentage that we have. I think it's like 60% men, 40% women that um, listen to Earn Your Leisure and I would love to have it to be 50-50. Um, so we're making strides. We got a bunch of powerful women that's gonna be up here this entire weekend. But what's, what's that initiative about and why was it important for you to start that? Yeah, so I have limited time, right? And uh, my mother has always been the matriarch in a meaningful way for my family. She's the one that always encouraged us to save. She's the one that always encouraged us to be frugal. She's the one that encouraged us to also be as resourceful as possible and be of service. And my dad was, you know, he was always, hey, God will provide, you know, and he'd spend the money and God will provide, you know, and then my grandfather was the same way. He'd spend the money, oh, God will provide. And guess what? God actually always did provide. So, I, 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 you know, I... I, I I ascribe to that a little bit as well. But what I will say is that uh, over the last year, I have uh, 
a, a one-on-one uh, mentorship program. And uh, it's, it's really to pay it forward in the same way that Sandy gave to me. Because I know being at a conference like this, there's so much information that you have to process. And you go home and you may, I, I know I took some notes, but what's the Satoshi? And I think he was talking about Doge and Mark Cuban and concentration and Robin Hood is Robin the Hood. And how do I remember everything? You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes it takes just having somebody who actually will just lock in with you for a year and break it down for you just week by week, week by week, week by week. You just, you show up every week, you do the research, you do the homework. And so I created a program whereby, you know, just a few, a handful of people per week, I mean, for, per year, I actually provide this kind of mentorship and service. And it's not because people can't find it on their own. Like Hill said, there's so much free information but sometimes if you don't even know what you're looking for and you don't even know what you don't know, you could just get lost in that matrix. So that mentorship program really began to illustrate for me the difference between a male perspective on investing, which in many cases is kind of more like gambling, and a female perspective on investing, which I found to be in many cases more rational, more disciplined, more reasonable, more measured. Yeah, come on. Give yourselves a round of applause. Go ahead, ladies. Yeah. So when I found that there was that kind of differentiation, I found that potentially the impact that I could make in terms of what I was teaching, in terms of the coaching, in terms of the mentorship, the investment like Hill was talking about. You want the greatest return on your investment. So I found that when I invested the time with women, they also weren't just doing it for themselves. They always said, look, I'm not, Ryan, this ain't just for me, it's for my son, it's for my mom, it's for my aunt, my uncle, my niece, my nephew. And what we found on Wall Street all the time, man, listen, I know some, some folks in here, if you, if you actually watch movies, you've seen The Wolf of Wall Street, you see how women are objectified in the Wall Street communities. It's all suits and ties and misogyny. But actually, very recently, there has emerged almost a, I guess sometimes they call her like the, the modern day female Warren Buffett, Kathy Wood of ARK Invest, right? right? We Ark. talked about her, right? Yep. And what a lot of folks don't know is that uh, one of the other non-public greatest female investment managers is actually of color. Her name is Melanie Hobson. She happens to be married to George Lucas. People didn't know that. George Lucas created Star Wars. He found himself a strong black woman, right? And she's one of the best money managers in the world. So that's why we decided that, look, if you, if you really want to uh, make a true difference and have a true impact on a family and generational level, then it's important to educate, mentor, inspire, and motivate the women. The women. Very, very important. 
Make some noise for that. Very, very important. Hill, um, before we go, I, I want you just to talk about Black Wall Street, but I also want you to tie it on, if you can, with the, what you said as far as this cross-generational wealth transfer, um, recirculation of the dollar and all of that, group economics. Can you tie that in and, and how you, that was a motivational factor in your, your platform? Absolutely, but we don't have much time, so we I, we, I want... It's, it's, it's Earn Your Leisure's event. We got as much time as we, we, we good. Okay. Well, since we're talking about strong, incredible women, I want to recognize Naja Roberts, my co-founder, who's right here. She is sitting up. Naja, come on, just, just, just come on, wave, turn around and wave to the people. Shout Get out on to camera. Naja. That's Naja Roberts. She's one of the only two brick-and-mortar, over-the-counter cryptocurrency exchanges in the country called Crypto Blockchain Plug in Inglewood, California. I went to her on bended knee and said, I'm launching the Black Wall Street. I need you. Please join me in this journey. Naja, I need your expertise. She's one of the foremost experts in crypto in the world. And she joined me. Her husband said it was okay for me to be on bended knee in front of her. It was not a problem. And he was cool with that. And so she is incredible. So I wanted to mention her because we talk about, everybody talk about crypto and they think it's male driven and, and tech is male driven, but they're incredible women doing so many incredible things in the tech space and in the crypto space like Nasha. So why is recirculating the dollar so critical? If we look back to the original Black Wall Street, the in inspiration for, for the name of the digital platform, the Black Wall Street was the original Black Wall Street. From 1905 to 1921, O.W. Gurley founded 35 blocks in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Greenwood District. And what happened was a dollar recirculated. There, I believe there were three distinct pillars that built wealth in that ecosystem. And these are the pillars that we tried to replicate with our digital platform. Pillar number one, institutional ownership. We've talked about that most of this conversation. We own the businesses, own the intellectual property, own the land. So ownership is critical. Pillar number two, institutional trust. We haven't talked about this much. They trusted each other to transact with each other. Imagine that, black folks loaning each other money, black folks actually working together, black folks spending money with each other. Institutional trust. And then pillar number three of these three wealth building pillars to me, and perhaps most important, was the movement of money or capital within the ecosystem, where during that time, a dollar change saying 60 to 100 times, back then that was a year to three years. As I said earlier, a dollar leaves a black community within six to seven hours. We have $1.2 trillion of spending power in the black community, yet it comes in because we work hard. Everybody, we all know people working two, three jobs with other side hustles. But the problem is the money leaves. We don't have the ability to recirculate. Just think about this. I'm going to drop this on you. A $30 billion industry, black female hair care. We don't control the industry, nor do we control even the supply of it. When you talk about how much money goes into the Korean community and other communities that own over three to 4,000 hair care shops throughout the country, payday lender, we could, we could go on and on and on. The point is the money leaves. We have to recirculate those dollars, and now digital platforms allow us to do it. Now, why people say, hell, man, I love my Cash App. Why is Cash App a problem? The reason why we launched the digital wallet first is that if we don't start owning our digital wallets as the money starts moving into a digital currency, 
then the dollar's gonna start leaving within six to seven seconds, let alone six to seven hours. We have to own our own wallets. So if you use Apple Pay, Apple Wallet, if you use Zelle, Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, who owns those? Do they look like anybody in this room? That's why we, we started our MVP with a wallet and we can digitally recirculate those dollars on platform. Right? I want to I wanna bring Superphone onto platform. And then you could pay for Superphone through the Black Wall Street wallet. You understand how this starts to work? You understand how it starts to recirculate and create jobs and opportunity? That's how it works. And, 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 and I'll just say this. In, the, in that spirit, please, y'all, take out your phones. Please. Go to the App Store or, your, or, or, or Google Google. Uh, it's Android, iOS, and download the black, just type in the black Wall Street, download it. You can still use your cash app, that's okay, but use a black platform too, that's all I'm saying, just add it on. Don't make cash app or PayPal your only wallet. You can actually add black owned wallets to it, and that to me is the secret sauce. No one's saying, yo, don't do anything you're doing, it's bad, it's just saying add on a black alternative, just like you saying, you know, I, I got approached, my people set, up, set me up with community, but I'm gonna get rid of community now and go to Superphone. Amen. That's it, that's it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause for Ryan Leslie and Hill Harper. One time, and y'all, Listen, I, 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 would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be 100%, I wouldn't be keeping it a stack if I didn't say that I actually respond to everyone that actually is looking for that mentor, that's looking for that coach, that's looking to reach that peak performance in the, in the prime of their life. So in the same way, he said, take out your phone and download the Black Wall Street app, textryan.com. Try it out. Textryan.com. You can leave your number there. I respond to everyone. I, I, I do the phone calls, 30 phone calls a day till I, till I get through to touch, touch base with everybody. But it's a pleasure, an honor to be up here with these brothers. Man. Let's give it up one more time. Love y'all. Yes, yes. Give it up for Earn Your Leisure, y'all. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.